Do you wonder about past lives? Have you ever thought about where your soul has been? Where it's going? Or what lessons and memories have been gathered along the way? In this podcast, we will discuss past life memories, psychic phenomena, energy healing, and other metaphysical topics with experts and the average person to find out how we can heal through these experiences. So I invite you to join me on my journey. Welcome to the Regression Session. That was really fun. Yeah. Fun. Welcome back to the Regression Session. And welcome to the Progression Session for any new listeners. We love you. This week, I'm going to continue my series that is kind of for the practitioner, for the up-and-coming Reiki healer, past life regression hypnotherapist, tarot card reader, whatever, okay? And I'm kind of laying it out once again with Courtney Starkey. We're going to talk about my journey, kind of. It, it This is kind of a more vulnerable episode where I talk a little bit about some of the things that I struggle with to this day, some of the things that I feel like I could work on, and some things that Courtney has advice for you on. Um, and th- this advice can go well for anybody, but, you know, it's it's kind of almost more geared towards the practitioner. So I hope you all enjoy this upcoming episode once again with Courtney Starkey. And don't forget to like and share the show in your podcast player. I would really, really appreciate it if you could leave me a great review and a great rating so that we can get out to more people. I'm still plugging along, getting content out for everybody. And I appreciate everybody who stuck with me through that big, long break. You guys are awesome. If you want to come on the podcast and talk with me about your past life experience or your experience on any metaphysical topic, shoot me an email. My email is theregressionsession at gmail.com. And without further ado, here is my part three interview with Courtney Starkey. Courtney, welcome back. To the regression session once again, part three. You're brave. <laughs> I'm brave. You are brave. It's because you know there's the Courtney version of things, right? And then because my soul team likes to talk to you, like I'm witnessing and overhearing what they're saying to you, as well as like the energy and the tone. And I'm like, okay, I know they really love Ian because they are kind of tough on him. <laughs> so they like tough love. I can take it. Yeah, they know. <laughs> you know right. I almost said we know, and I'm like, oh, snap. Oh, great. Right. There they I'm are. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. 
to Courtney's team as well. So <laughs> third time, them too. <laughs> yeah, third time. Third time's the charm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get absolutely roasted. I'm ready. <laughs> so, just for some context for my audience, the last time we talked, we Court, Courtney and I were about to like wrap it up and say okay, bye, and then all of a sudden her team comes back and we started talking. And they're like, yeah, let's uh, let's do another one. We need to do another one, and we need to release it or record it before September 30th. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of weird, but whatever. And so here we are recording it before September 30th. I'm going to release it, and we'll see what happens. And they actually, I don't know if you how much you remember because you tell me you don't always remember everything, but they actually gave me topics to talk about with you. I did not. Okay, now that you're saying it, yes, I definitely remember that. Um, but I was not going to recall that on my own without your prompting. Cool. Because I was even sitting here just now thinking like, what the heck are we supposed to talk? Like, what was so important? So I'm glad they mentioned it. <laughs> right. And I was pretty dumb and didn't like write down like, because you were just like, talk, 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 talk. And I was like, oh, God, I got to type. And, and so I... I I don't know if there's a specific order that they want me to go through it or if they just want me to read down my notes. I would just go down the notes. I think that if there's something that they want to shift, they'll shift it. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Hmm. I don't know. I kind of want to start with it. They asked me to tell a story about someone who I was going to have on my podcast and then I ended up not having them. Ooh. Yeah. 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 I, I kind of, I kind of feel like I, I want to start with that if that's cool with you. Mm-hmm. And then right. I'm going to have the Courtney version engaging until, like, they start to come in. Yeah, just um, lay it on me. I'm not afraid. Yeah, <laughs> you can tell the difference. Be like, oh, bubbly and sweet, Courtney. Mm, funny and sassy. <laughs> <laughs> the team. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got water down the wrong hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I'll, I'll start with this story. And then we'll we'll kind of just kind of work from there. So, um, I as as a podcaster, you know, for for you and my audience context, as a podcaster, I have people reaching out to me to come on my show, but I don't always have people reaching out to come on my show. So sometimes I have to find people and ask them, "Hey, would you like to come on my show and talk about X Y Z?" And so I reached out to this to this one. Uh, person, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say their name or anything like that. But I reached out to this person and I was like, "Hey, um, I have this this podcast, and you know, I'm a, I do past life regressions and healing and stuff. And I'm wondering if you would like to talk to me about coming on because I do like pre calls just to make sure that we're gonna be a good fit. And so I scheduled the phone call. And we got on the call and we were talking, and she was just like the whole entire time. I could feel this energy of like. I don't know, like mistrust or or something. It, it was bad vibes is what it was. And then out of nowhere, she's like, so you're, you're, you do past life regressions too, right? And I was like, yeah, I do. And, and then she was like, isn't, isn't your podcast or having me come on your show like a conflict of interest? And I said, well, what do you mean? And she's like, well, aren't you afraid that I'm going to take your customers? <laughs> and I was like, uh, no, I was like, that, that's, that's not even on my mind. Like the whole entire purpose of me doing this show is to, is to, 
provide as many resources for as many people as I possibly can because what works for one person, like my process is not going to work for every single person out there. They're going to need other people like Courtney Starkey or Fiona <laughs> Harris or or uh, whoever, Andy Sway, whatever, right? All these different people. Those are just the people that come to the top of my head. But I, this whole entire time she was talking to me, I, I just kind of got this thing of just like a – I don't know, like a, a scarcity yeah. mindset um, or like a, a whole mindset of like competition, but it's like a competition about healing people, which is kind of weird. And I, and I don't know, you guys told me to tell that story and, I, and I'm not sure where we were supposed to take it. Oh, I mean, I know. And like, I know that they know. So I can do the corny version of things, but the wheeze might like pop in as well because I'm just so perfectly aligned with my team on this one, like there's not really any sort of difference, but basically it's a little bit silly for healers to be in that mindset because there are so many people who need healing. So many people who need hypnotherapy, spiritual hypnosis, that if every single person who needed that only went to one practitioner, that one practitioner couldn't handle it. Right. So let's just be really logical from that stance. Like there's no way that you could work with every single person who needs that. So you need to have teammates, other healers, other um, practitioners who are in your same field, because just by the numbers, you can't handle all of that, right? Now, I have a feeling she probably is not getting the amount of clients that she wants, hence the scarcity mindset. Um, But what, oh, here are the ways. What we really wanted to point out from that story is the way that she shot herself in the foot. So there's a chance that she could have gotten really nice exposure to Ian's audience. But instead, what she did is she decided that there was competition, there was scarcity, and therefore she did not allow her work in the world to be exposed to other potential clients who maybe would be really drawn to working with her. But then if you have the hypnotherapists who are very cool about it and they're like, we understand like Ian's going to get the clients that are perfect for him and Courtney and, you know, the others that Ian mentioned, they're also going to get the clients that are perfect for them. There is no scarcity whatsoever. And so people can be exposed to Courtney, Ian, Fiona, uh, we heard the last name Sway. We really like can be exposed to all these different people and there is zero competition whatsoever. So we just wanted to highlight that she created her own lack. She decided there was lack and then she didn't get interviewed. So she can't get further exposure. So she, it's a um, self-fulfilling prophecy of lack. And so we just want to make sure that we highlight that story because there are some people who are still in that space of competition and there's no reason for it. Logically, it doesn't even make any sense. And so if she is bringing that competitive spirit, that spirit of lack to the table, again, we suspect that she's not getting the amount of clients that she wants. We also suspect that it's probably probably because people don't want to be in the energy of lack while they're trying to get healed. So if I am wanting to book a session to feel better and a person is bringing an energy of lack or negativity or competition or scarcity, whatever it is to the table, my radar is going to go up and say like, no, this person has not done enough healing for themselves. They cannot keep up with where I am on my journey. I want to feel better. And this person actually feels worse (laughs) than I already feel. Or let's say that you are on like the same level of that person, but you're trying to heal. Like the last thing you want to do is book in with a practitioner 
that um, isn't like further along the healing journey than you are, right? You, you want them to be able to meet you where you're healed version of yourself is going to be. And so, yeah, so we just find it to be very interesting that there is a self-fulfilling prophecy nature to a sense of lack and competition. If you just realize that you have all these teammates, again, logically, you cannot work with every single client that exists. You need these teammates. And as Ian was saying, he's going to bring a different like special sauce to the table. Courtney has a different special sauce, right? And nobody wants to go to the same restaurant over and over again. You want a variety of things. And so you try, you try different practitioners, different modalities. Um, and so we just wanted to uh, reinforce that we don't deal with much lack um, with soul empowering hypnosis. It's a great, great group of people. The students are constantly supporting each other and being cheerleaders for each other and like always supporting each other and exposing. Like if one of the SEH students has a <clears throat> podcast, they'll actually invite another SEH classmate practitioner on the podcast. I mean, that is even direct quote competition because they are even trained in the exact same modality of hypnosis and they don't flinch about it at all they're like so excited to expose um their classmate their teammate their friend to the world and so we don't deal with much lack um anymore because of the seh mentality but we understand that there is a world outside of seh where people do deal with this and so we just wanted to say like cut it out (laughs) (laughs) it's unnecessary and it's counterproductive there's no point to it yeah and you know i now that you know, now that there's more dialogue about this subject, I have a lot of people that listen to my podcast that are either already practitioners or up and coming practitioners or people who are learning how to become practitioners of the healing arts, I guess. And mm-hmm. so this is a super important thing to kind of note down is, is you know, there is we live in a world where money is, you know, the end all be all right. And so it's, it's really easy to get wrapped up in like, Oh man, you know, I've got to make ends meet, which yeah, you do got to make ends meet. But if you're going to feed that energy of like, there's not enough, there's not enough. If you keep telling yourself like there's not enough, then it's just going to be, you're not going to have enough. Yeah. And clients can feel that and they're repelled by it. And guess what you just created less clients. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's very important to, Note down for anybody listening who is a kind of an up and coming, whatever you you are, right? You hypnotherapist, uh, Reiki healer, whatever. Uh-huh. All right, awesome. So that was, I think that was a really great rant. <laughs> no, it wasn't a rant. It was a great. <laughs> it's it's a it's an important thing to keep in mind. It you really know. is. We're shocked that scarcity and competition even exist anymore. Uh, but we understand. We were reminded by way of that story. We understand that it's still out there. And um, we just want to be the helpful nudge that moves somebody out of that mindset. And to remind them that it doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, there's billions of people on this planet. Mm-hmm. And every single one of them will need some kind of help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And then also, let's put it this way. There are plenty of clients that you don't want to work with. They're not meant for you. It's not going to be a comfortable session. And so somebody who's just like the perfect match for Ian might not be the perfect match for Courtney. It's just going to feel like 
there's something that like the alignment's not there, but would feel so good if that person is working with Ian. Right. And there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. It's just like, it's just not an energetic lineup. Um, so there are plenty of clients that like aren't even a good fit for the practitioner. So again, logically the competition version of things does not even make any sense. I agree with you. Mm. You guys. I'm just on the same page with them about this and I'm just like, ah, yeah. Like, you know how, like the whole point of all this work is that you want to live as your soul. Like with this one, I'm like, oh yeah, actually, okay, cool. I got it. (laughs) (laughs) I finally nailed this one. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to move on to the kind of the next action item that I was told. So (laughs) the next thing that I was told to write down is, to talk about like names and word choices. Okay. And now the context behind this, um, is we were talking a little bit about how I, I found a comfortable rhythm with kind of like what you do with bringing in your team. But I, I don't really like to just do it on the fly. I kind of like to get in my own little zone and do my own little ritual for it. You know, that's just a, you know, potato, potato thing. But one thing that keeps coming across when I do these things is I've, I've been, I refer to myself in these states or, or whoever's speaking through me refers to me as a couple things. They've chosen to call me the vessel or, and one, and a few times they've called me a chosen one. And so I mentioned to you last time that I, that, that, kind of makes me feel a little uncomfortable to be referring to myself as like a chosen one or the, the, the vessel or, Oh, another thing they've called me is an Oracle. And so you told me to write down this concept of bullshit humility and, and talking about, you know, names and word choices and the importance of names and word choices wrapping into this bullshit humility concept. Now, I know what I know exactly like the the concept of it, but I, I just want to. I'm curious why I was told to put that down. So okay, <clears throat> the humility aspect of it is bullshit. Um, it actually ties really nicely into what we were just saying regarding the sense of lack or competition. Or so when they refer to you as the chosen one, it's not like you're the chosen one compared to however many billions of people are on this planet now. So it's not like it elevates you so that you're higher than all of them, right? So there's that humility where it's like, oh, but I'm not better than... It's like, you're not, you're not. But for this specific thing that you are meant to do on the planet, you are absolutely the chosen one and you need to take that and run with it. Like you were born to do something specific, do it. So rather than like hiding behind humility or or whatever it may be, like step into that mission. Like you are the chosen one for something. Just step into it. Have you ever asked what you're the chosen one for? I've been told. Are you doing it? I'm trying. <laughs> it's well, a tall, it's a tall order. <laughs> aren't they all, right? We we do the same thing to Courtney. Um, just, yeah, keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And don't feel the humility part of it. Like, don't let that hold you back in any way because that is bullshit. 
you are the chosen one for this specific thing. You do need to do it. Ask your team for help. Yeah, I'm working. I'm working towards it now. It's just like, you know, there's always so much to like so many little steps that you have to take care of along the way and getting lost in the humility. And, uh, and another thing is also questioning myself too, that, that also kind of holds me back. And and I think that that's also an important thing to bring up is people questioning themselves. And cause I struggle a lot with that. And I don't know about my, you know, everybody in my audience, but questioning like, <clears throat> is this even real? Am I just making it up out of my own head? When I do these channeling sessions, they always tell whoever's listening that I'm just kind of really stubborn and that I probably won't even believe what I'm saying anyway. And But then, sure enough, I just do exactly what I said. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't even know if this is real. And so how do how does one deal with questioning yourself along those same lines? Like questioning yourself to the, to the effect that it's holding you back because I know that I'm not the only one that struggles with it. Yeah. We just think it's so pointless. Like it's so counterproductive. If you're supposed to get from A to Z, like why put, you know, chains and shackles and anchors and, you know, all these things that hold you down um, or hold you back and weigh you down? Like, what is the point? And again, we really like that phrase, bullshit humility. Is it bullshit humility? Like, is it just you guys trying to play small? Like, what is, what is the point? Like you're here for a purpose. What does the playing small serve? It doesn't serve us. It doesn't serve your mission. It doesn't serve the planet. What does the playing small serve? And we think that it serves you guys just trying to not stand out in front of your peer group. Why? Go ahead and stand out. You're supposed to. It's like a mind game that we play with ourselves or like a, like a social nuance like social conditioning. If you're around people who won't let you shine, get new people. Fair enough. That That's a very fair thing to say. Yeah. Cause there are plenty of people like we were saying earlier about SEH and that crew. If you sparkle, they're like, damn, you look good. <laughs> they, they're really, really supportive of each other. So it does exist. Um, we understand that it's currently in the minority, that it's not the majority of people who are like that, but there are plenty of people who get really excited for other people's success. And then they're also like, can you, uh, now that you've figured out how to do this thing and you're really good at this thing, can you like tell us, like, how did you do it, right? So like, there's also this enthusiasm where they understand, like if you're near a shining star, that they also illuminate you and that you can learn from that person. They can become a teacher, not a competitor. And then what's inevitably going to happen is because you learned from them, you stayed open to learning from them. You are then going to launch and move forward yourself. And then that same person who was teaching you, you know, a month earlier, then you get to go to the next meeting and you're like, I learned a cool thing. And then that person is like, teach me. (laughs) What did you, what did you learn? And so just everybody is elevating each other's game by way of, um, teammanship rather than competition. Um, but yeah, we think that a lot of times when you guys decide to play small, it's just because of social conditioning, right? You're told when you're little, uh, get your head out of the clouds, be realistic, etc. And you, you adopt that and then you hold on to it as an adult. And then we want to say this, if you pay attention to the counterproductive way that a lot of people behave 
a lot of it is just that they don't want to get kicked out of the tribe. It's just evolution. It's just people trying to survive. So as, as humans were evolving, if you got kicked out of your group, your chances of surviving definitely went down. And so if you pay attention to the way that people behave now, where they cave to peer pressure or they don't really speak from their hearts, they hide the way that they actually feel. We believe that all of that really just stems from evolution and not wanting to be ostracized and not wanting to die. Uh, Those times are over. No saber toothed tiger exists anymore. You can speak from the heart. And because of the Internet, people will find you who are like minded. So it's not like you're going to end up being by yourself. People will find you and connect to your soul team because you can always speak to your soul team very openly and practice there and then start to speak openly on the earth plane. But yeah, you guys have got to start being yourselves. People who really appreciate who you are, like who you authentically are, can never find you if you don't start presenting yourself to the world as who you really are. And it comes down to another thing that I wrote down is 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 kind of ties perfectly into it is stepping into your power. That's one of the things that I was told to write down for this uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. Stepping into your power, um, I guess, if like a, a more grand way to say it is like living up to your own destiny. I guess. Mm-hmm. Be who you're meant to be. But we make that out to be so hard, though, or like so mystical, so un- unattainable, uh, untouchable. Uh, we we tell ourselves that it's hard, and and because of that, it is hard. It's simple, but it's not necessarily easy, right? And easy. It's the um, disbelief that makes an easy thing feel hard. It's the doubt. Yeah, and that, and then we see we keep circling back to doubt, and that's the hardest thing. And you know, and last time you guys told me to just to just start trusting it, I can either keep wasting my time mm-hmm. questioning or just start trusting it. And it sucks because it, it, it's it's true. <laughs> like uh, it's it's uh, I want to keep making excuses, and and I know that people out there may or may not agree with me on this. But I, I like to make excuses to hold myself back for some reason. And I and I know that I'm not the only one out there that does that. Have you asked yourself yet what will happen when it works out? No, because deep down it kind of I kind of have conditioned myself, I guess, to believe that it won't work out. Have you asked yourself what will happen when it works out? Because there's a fear in there that you need to know about so you can start to address it. I have not asked myself that question. We suggest <laughs> there's a fear in there and you're going to be able to find it. If you play around with the idea that it does work out. Which is something that I, that I haven't even uh, flirted with yet. The idea that it could, Hey, everything could, could work out. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's it's my it's not like social conditioning like you said it's it's fear of uh, it's like a lot of things i guess it, i don't even know where to start <laughs> it's it it seems complicated but i know that i'll just get told that it's not that complicated so 
just keep, we'll keep it really simple. Just keep taking steps to move forward. So even if you're not sure something is going to work out, if you've been guided to do something, like keep taking the steps to move forward, because inevitably what's going to happen is you're going to have so many steps behind you that have been achieved that you will have to start to believe in yourself more. And then there will be exponential growth of those steps where as you believe in yourself more, then you'll take more action. It'll be easier action because you do believe in yourself, but you have to take those simple steps, whatever it is. We think you have been taking those simple steps. Maybe. (laughs) Are there some simple steps that you haven't taken yet? Yeah. Yeah, there are. But I'm about to take them. Why? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Because they're simple steps. So what would even be the point of avoiding them? Yeah. It's it's fear that holds people back, I think, and me included. Uh-huh. So again, you just, you have to figure out what is the scary thing and address it. That's a really, that's, that's, that's very wise words. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> that's what we're here to do. We're here to help. I'm typing that out right now. <laughs> we actually, um, well, I'll tell the story. Um, Courtney. Uh, so I decided to text myself something yesterday. I can't even remember what it was. And you know how sometimes you can post a text message and for whatever reason you did not hit send. Yeah. Which is like super, super rare for me to do something like that. Um, but then what ended up being on my phone to myself and I don't even know when I type. like, I have somewhat of a recollection of when I typed this. And I feel like it was like at least a month, if not two or three months ago. Um, the unsent message that I then got to see um, because I typed something else to myself is this. It's much easier to believe you'll make it to the mountaintop when you keep putting one foot in front of the other. So I now realize that's a quote for you. Yeah, I I like that. You know, I I've been reading this book series um called The Stormlight Archive. And it's this whole entire saga, but like one thing that they said in there was the most important step that a man can take or a woman can take is the next one. Mhm. And and so that that kind of speaks to me because that's another thing that I've been that I've been playing around with in my head. So that's very interesting. I wonder when I wonder when you wrote that down and uh, if it lined up with like when we were talking last or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I was worried about that as well cuz again like it feels like it's at least at least a month but maybe two. <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely a good chance. And again, that's not something that I do. I don't I don't un, um not complete the send. So, that's very fine. Things like that will happen as well, where I will schedule my social media posts in advance or an email in advance. And then Courtney from a week ago, three weeks ago, whatever it may be, like I'll end up seeing something that I emailed or posted and I'm like, oh shit, that's really good advice for what I'm going through today. (laughs) Because we have these insights, right? And then we get caught up in the uh, normality of things like even I get caught up in normal thinking and normal ways of being, especially if, um, if I haven't been taking good care of myself, 
like if I haven't slept enough or, you know, you wear yourself down and then you let those like old, not helpful things creep in. And then uh, there's a part of you that did get enough sleep and wrote an email or a social media post. that's like, I got you, girl. (laughs) I'll be here to remind you on the day that you need it. So, yeah. Yeah. And Ian and I were talking about that before we started recording how important self-care is and that a lot of healers don't take care of that. So I just make sure that again, like that's a, that's a version of humility that we think is bullshit. Like make sure that you take care of yourself. Like you do need to put yourself first. You really do. That way you can be of service to others at your maximum capacity. Yeah. I've worked with a lot of uh, up and coming healers or hypnotherapists or practitioners or whatever you want to call yourself. I worked with a lot of them and a lot of them are like, you know, I just kind of feel like I'm blocked or, or whatever. Like, I feel like I have this block that I can't reach my full potential. And I'm just like, well, well, how are you going to fill up someone else's cup? If your cup is empty, you can't be pouring nothing. Yeah. If you don't have enough to fill up your cup with overflowing, then you're, you're not going to really do much for someone else. And and we, we talked about that circling back to the, the, the person who ended up not coming on my show is, is it kind of feels like, you know, that, kind of a mindset keeps your cup empty uh, versus helping to fill it up. Yeah, exactly. And you might be able to pull off helping, like, let's say it's a one-on-one session, right? You might be able to pull together, muster um, what you need to help that one session, that one client during that one session on that one day, but you're not going to be able to grow, right? You're not going to be able to do whatever you need to do to scale so that you can help many more people. Like you're not, it's just, it's too hard to scale if, um, if you're just barely keeping it together to help individuals. Yeah. The the goal is eventually to, after you fill up your cup, so that's overflowing to get a bigger cup. (laughs) Yep, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's, for what for what I've been channeling, telling myself that I need to do, I'm gonna need a bigger cup, and I'm I'm being really vulnerable this episode for my audience and and for you. I, I'm not normally I'm normally a bit more guarded uh, on that, but for that I'm I definitely feel like I personally have a ton of of work to do. Some people that are that are in my audience treat me like I'm some guru who has it all figured out and you know what can just is is this teacher but really i'm just some dude that's just trying to get trying to get it right like everybody else i want anybody listening to that or listening to this to understand that i'm i'm not like a perfect guru i'm just some dude that's figuring it out on the way up like taking the next step up to the mountaintop like Courtney said <laughs> those are the best teachers too because you have walked the walk of not understanding something not feeling something not being something you know whatever it is and you've made it through um sorting out how to become or feel that thing so because you've walked the walk then you can then help people because you've got firsthand experience of <laughs> yeah you aren't born uh, perfect. You had to <laughs> sort through some stuff and then you can teach from a place of true experience and people can feel that. Like it's not theoretical for you. You know, um, how it actually feels to go through that experience. Yeah, that's true. You know what I just realized Courtney is like when we're talking about like 
the taking the next step towards reaching the mountaintop and then the most important step you actually had me write down i just saw it, it says keep moving forward no matter what and take action so hmm. that's interesting too <laughs> they were really up your ass in the last interview. i love it i love it i'm so used to them being up my ass exclusively so it's like oh you got to, <laughs> you got to deal with it too and it's so great it's just because they believe in us so much and i think that they have to push us really hard because we do have that resistance and so luckily i'm i'm letting go of resistance in a pretty significant way which i tell you it feels good like if listen if your mission your purpose is meant to do x like, why not get there in an easier way rather than in the struggle way? Like, you're, it's your purpose. You're going to feel compelled to keep moving forward toward it. Like, let the e-brake off and move forward. Don't worry about all of the, like, being humili- uh, humble or wondering if you can do it or wondering if you're making it up. Like, it's your purpose. You're going to have this compulsion to keep moving forward like do so in an easier way. Yeah, I, I, I get that. So I wonder like if I should just tell you what, what I keep telling myself is my, is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm, yes. All of the yeses. Like if you're going to okay. be today, like just be vulnerable, might right? Might as well. Might yeah. as well. <laughs> you know, if people think I'm crazy, that, Gotta let go of the the bullshit humility. Who cares, right? Okay. Seriously, if they think you're crazy, filter out the ones that think that you're crazy. That's not who you want in your peer group or in your inner circle. Like, be yourself. Let those that are not aligned with you filter out. You don't want them. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so I'll tell you. And I, I, I want you to know, I've only said this to, like, a few friends, a few close friends that I've been channeling for, and because I I've been practicing, or I, I was practicing, at first, right, to mm-hmm. to get the feeling right, to see, you know, tweak it, I guess, like change the radio dial so it's like on the exact right setting, right, mm-hmm. and the one thing that has come out, and I had one person tell it to me, from them when they were doing something similar too. And what keeps repeating is that they, I keep saying that I'm supposed to raise the vibration of a generation, mm-hmm. which is kind of, a, kind of daunting. But then like all these little pieces come into my head of like, okay, here's how you're going to accomplish this. And they come across as little ideas, but I kind of am suspicious that they're not just little ideas, that they're little seeds being planted. Yes. But yeah, it's it's mainly centered around like young people, right? Yeah. yeah. So like kids, and and one thing that I that I wanted that I want to start doing is and something that I've been working on <clears throat> for anybody interested in, in hearing about this anyway, um, is I've been putting a ton of work for myself and helping others to figure out their how to manage and incorporate their emotions um, and their feelings because if if you can't do that you're going to have all kinds of problems and actually it's kind of an epidemic in our world right now where young people are not taught in school or at home how to properly and appropriately incorporate their emotions yeah and your emotions when you're younger when you're like let's just say like 
um, middle school age to high school age, they're super intense because of puberty and hormones. And it's hard enough without knowing how to incorporate them. So I've been doing a ton of research and what what my end goal is and what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing is going is eventually going into like middle schools and high schools, giving talks about how to properly incorporate those emotions so that people can start huh? to be more emotionally healthy. Because once you're emotionally stable, that's when you can incorporate emotional growth. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, it is. And uh, I've been I've been dragging my feet on it because I because of this uh, BS humility kind of a thing <laughs> of like like what makes me think that that I'm supposed to be doing that? Well, didn't think it. You received it. Well, what I'm the the message that just popped through to me is that nobody else is even willing to try. See, yeah. Also, you didn't think it. You received it. It's part of your mission. And you, if you were thinking, you would have thought something different because you're resisting it so hard, right? And then that's a very good message. Who else is going to do it? And the mission that you've mentioned is very, very worthy. Yeah, and I'm not afraid if anybody else out there hears this and it's like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. Do it. Help help kids. You need teammates. <laughs> like help kids out. I'm not, I don't have this scarcity mindset. Kids need help. Like yeah. if you look at the statistics, there's like way higher – young kid and teenager this is a horrible topic but like a kind of a dark topic but teenager suicides yeah I, I had never heard of until like the last 10 years or less of pe- like younger people taking their own lives so frequently yeah. I, i've heard as young as 10 years old 10 years they're bouncing. old yeah they're they're done with this version of the planet and they're bouncing um they need people like you there's there's no reason that a 10-year-old should be feeling that they have no other option but to leave the planet. Yeah. It's yeah, it it I feel very strongly about that. Um and I'll just make a quick announcement I guess while we're on it while we're being vulnerable and I'm just kind of I feel like this episode was more for me than for anybody else. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing, don't we? <laughs> yeah. But um I'm actually starting like a like the first step, I'm starting like a life coaching. Uh, I don't, I don't like want to call it a business, but I guess that's what it is. I'm becoming like a life coach, but I'm I'm becoming an emotional management coach. Mm-hmm. So because I feel like if I'm gonna get into the school system to like talk to kids, I have to have a really good track record of helping people out with their emotions, and so that's the first yeah. step to to doing it. And I'm supposed to be moving quickly, I guess. We want to go back to, because you were doing this in the last episode as well, where you'll say a word and you don't enjoy the word. And we're like, there's nothing wrong with the word business. That's true. And, you know, that that brings me to the next thing I was told to write down is, is (laughs) word choice important? Well, it is. But at the same time, don't get hung up on, and we see this so much, and we're super, super happy that the Soul Empowering Hypnosis crew, they're growing out of this. But there is this idea that spirituality, like all, like money is bad and spirituality is good. And so these two things can't live together. Um, businesses are so logical and 
uh, left brain that, you know, spirituality and helping people with their emotions, which is going to be right brain, like those two things can't be together. False, right? Like we need balance. Like we need, you know, the whole yin yang thing, like they complement each other. Um, So word choice is important. And also if you feel resistance to a certain word, find if there is a better word or if the resistance is bullshit and counterproductive. There's nothing wrong with the word business, right? It's a good thing. We want you to be able to pay your mortgage while helping other people. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And you gotta, you gotta be able to support yourself. We live in a world that requires money. Yeah. We gave Courtney this phrase yesterday and we want her to write an email about it and put that out into the world. Um, So you know how people talk about white collar and blue collar. And we were telling her, like, we want people to be purple collar. (laughs) So so for us, purple is a really um, special color where you tap into the spirit realm as well as your power. And there's like a lot of power and magic to it in a really nice way. And uh, we want that for people. We want people to be able to have a comfortable life from helping others. There's no reason that you guys should only be able to pay your mortgage because you worked nine to five, let's be honest, usually much longer um, for a company that like you're not really that excited about. They don't really care that much about you you know that's the vast majority of people's experience that they just like they work themselves to the bone um to pay their mortgage and their food and whatever else they need and we're like why like why um just blue collar white collar like why not purple collar it's time yeah i most companies don't give a shit about you yeah you know and and it's it's hard i i've talked to so many people out there that are like trying to start their own business and even supporting local businesses because the whole toxic we have you have to work eight hours a day and you're you have to be my corporate and economic slave for the rest of your life is just not doing it for people and 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 back to like the word choice thing or finding another word people use the term spiritual awakening and i i actually didn't like that term so i've started referring to it as spiritual activation i think that we actually talked about that last time mm-hmm. but um that's another example of kind of what you're talking about is using um a synonym for it yeah find the word that works well for you uh courtney also really likes the word activated um she'll refer to somebody who um let's say we're using that other type of terminology they were asleep then they have their session now they're awake and she refers to them as like a teammate coming back online <laughs> or, or getting activated. Like that does, definitely feels like uh, the better word choice because they weren't necessarily asleep, right? But they yeah. weren't. They weren't. They weren't turned on. Like whatever, whatever, like magic spark needed to happen, like happens. And so, yeah, they just need to be activated. We like that word choice a lot as well. Me too. And now I'm going to just, I'm again, just moving down this list. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have some one more additional thing that you'd like to say. No, okay. uh, it'll come up if it's meant to come up. Okay. So the next thing, and, and this, I'm just gearing up to just get laid into here <laughs> for the... <laughs> 
like they've been easier on you for this interview than the other ones. So. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I feel like the other ones were not for me. They were for someone else. But this one has been like tailored to me for some reason. It's like my own like like uh, broadcasted little uh, counseling session almost. So thank you. <laughs> but this is where I feel like it might change a little bit because I'm I'm just like gear. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. So, what makes you think that that you know that that you're channeling your own team and that you're not just making it up? Love what it. makes you What makes you think that you're not just crazy, basically? <laughs> such a great question okay so there are a few parts to that question um let's start with what makes me think that this is real right um i i hope it doesn't sound like a cop-out answer but it's like really the foundational answer i don't know that anything is real right like i don't know that the that the phone sitting in front of me or the book sitting in front of me like i'm not really convinced that that is quote real And so when you come from that perspective of nothing is real, that allows like basically everything to be possible. And so that's the starting point, right? Um, Then if we want to speak in ways that are more understandable, uh, my team will say stuff that is a surprise to me. Now you could say, well, that's just coming from my own subconscious um, wisdom. And that could totally be true. It could totally be true. Like I could be bullshitting myself and like thinking that I'm connecting with this team, uh, but it's actually just like the inner workings of me. And and it, let's also put it this way. Maybe that's not even wrong, right? Like if we're all one and we're all source and and I'm tuning into me, but I am source and source is me. You know what I mean? Like it definitely feels Like it's different than me. And one thing that's fun too, which also feels validating that like, it's not me. And sometimes it's not even them. Um, Sometimes I'll ask a higher wisdom question and they're like, oh, good question. Let us go check. And I can feel them energetically leave the room. I'm like, where are they going? Like, who are they checking with? Um, And then I feel them come back and they have an answer. And it just feels so genuine where like you can tell they really weren't sure, they really went and checked, they really came back and really had an answer. And it's a good answer that makes sense that on a conscious level, I definitely wouldn't have come up with. So like, again, it could be one big, crazy subconscious trick that I'm playing on myself. Um, But man, it definitely feels authentic. It does. (laughs) Yeah. But then my and then my uh, my human head keeps telling me that it's that it's fake and that I'm making it up. One, you know, one other. I think tangent. it's the bullshit humility. We think that like once you let that go, um, you won't feel that way anymore. Uh, let us know. Have we ever told you the story about Japan? No. Mm, that's a good one. Go on with what you were going to say, but make sure that we tell you that story. Okay, I was just going to say one other tangent before we, uh, unless it ties in. You know, I can ask you after. You go ahead and tell me the Japan story, and then I'll and then I'll circle back. Okay, sure. 
Um, okay, so you know that Courtney started her hypnosis sessions back in 2013. So she was just pure client before she started as a practitioner. And she really lucked out. We partnered her with somebody who, so she was living in Hawaii at the time. And Brian Weiss had trained her the year before. He had her, Jamie is the practitioner's name. She's amazing. Uh, had her stand up in front of everyone uh, at this event in Honolulu. Said, you know, this is Jamie. She trained with me the year before. She's lovely. Make sure you get her business card. So Courtney was sitting like right in front of this girl and a, a group of like 500 people. Uh, Courtney gets her business card, reaches out to her, finds out that Jamie is a licensed clinical social worker, uh, which means this person was able to take health insurance. Like this is the only uh, past life regressionist, spiritual hypnotherapist that Courtney's ever met in all of her meetings of all of these practitioners uh, who can take health insurance. So it's basically like winning the lottery. And so Courtney was able to have a hypnosis session every week for um, the last six to seven months that she lived in Hawaii uh, during that time. So this all started in mid-April and we're moving our way now to really early um, August. So she's been a client for a while. And Jamie also is a perfect practitioner for Courtney because she does not get in Courtney's way. If something unusual comes up, like we bring something unusual to the table, Jamie doesn't resist it. She lets it happen. And so they both grew a lot during a very short period of time. And one thing that came in for Courtney, she had just booked her flight to Japan that was going to happen a couple weeks later. And spontaneously, again, because Jamie doesn't get in the way, so we could do whatever we want with this practitioner and she wouldn't resist it. Uh, spontaneously, they went into a future life progression rather than the traditional like going into a past life regression. And what we showed Courtney really triggered all of her bullshit humility. She didn't want to say any of this stuff out loud. She was like, what? Like, I'm supposed to do what? Like, I, I can barely keep my shit together. How am I supposed to be doing this thing, right? And so what we showed her is the future life progression started off um, with her looking at a futuristic cityscape. And it was very distinct. And then, you know, she does the usual, you know, look down at your hands, your feet, you know, see what you're wearing. And she discovers that she is about an eight-year-old uh, Japanese girl. And this is, you know, not that far into the future. Let's say 150, 200. It's not that far into the future. Um, and she's with her dog and she's in this park in Japan. And it has the classic like cherry blossom vibe to it, all that good stuff. And she's with um, an older woman. And we say older, like if you were to look at them, you would think this is mother and daughter. So like that type of age difference. And, um, but we let her know, like you two look human, but you're not human. Like you're just presenting as human. So you can fit in with the humans to help. Like Courtney had never heard of a concept like that. Jamie hadn't heard it, but again, both of them are smart enough to just keep moving forward. Even if they're like, what the f is being said right now? So they look human, but they're not human. Then the, and, and, and uh, we tell her that she's incarnated in that life to be a guardian, um, of a region that's larger than Japan, but smaller than Asia. And so Courtney is like, do I really have to say all this out loud? Like, this sounds like megalomaniac type stuff. Like I'm a guardian 
of, and again, she's like, I can't even like keep my own act together. And I'm supposed to be helping like a whole region of the world. What? And so, um, so then on top of that, to add to the, like the weirdness where she's like, I really do not want to have to say this stuff out loud. Uh, there is this being like this dark being that is not cloaking himself very well is, has put on like that kind of cartoonish, um, like trench coats and oversized sunglasses and a, a hat. Um, and we're like, man, you are not hiding yourself that well. Like we look human, but you really don't. And so then he brings out this weapon from whatever, uh, realm he's from shoots, uh the little girl's you know looks like a mom but isn't a mom is actually just like um a mentor uh shoots her she just like clean disappears like she's just not there anymore and then for whatever reason this this darker being looks at this little girl and she looks at him and they both know that he can't do anything to her so he walks away and then just disappears into nothingness. And she, the little girl is like, oh man, like I really could have used some more training, but I think that I know enough to move forward and do the the mission, the thing that I'm supposed to do. Um, and that I still have my dog, right? So it's like, okay, cool. Got the dog. <laughs> Not in this totally alone. It'll be fine. Um, so Courtney has to say all this stuff out loud to Jamie and it's just like, what? what the shit like this this sounds completely insane doesn't make any sense like doesn't vibe with like where I think I am on my path you know like just having all these thoughts right and so then uh she thinks to herself well let me google image parks in Japan maybe I can find it uh because we showed her her primary spirit guide a hawk so distinctly so many times that she was able to figure out what type of hawk it is, and it's a Harris Hawk. And so she's like, maybe I can see um, Google images of parks in Japan, and I can figure out where this location is, and I can proactively try to visit it during this trip to Japan that's happening in just a couple of weeks. So she does Google image of uh, parks in Japan, realizes, holy shit, there are way too many parks in Japan to try to sort this out. Uh, if I'm supposed to go there, I'll go there. So the first place that she goes to after her flight is she goes to Osaka Castle Park. And you know how we mentioned earlier that the Harris Hawk is her primary spirit guide. The number two spirit guide for her is a crow. And the number three spirit guide is an owl. And even though the hawk is always very distinctly the same type of hawk, the owl actually um, shifts between different types of owls. And so she walks into this one entrance. It's a very large park. This one entrance of Osaka Castle Park and there are a bunch of crows there. And so, of course, like crows are everywhere. So it's kind of cool, but it's not that big of a deal. Um, but there are crows there. And so she gets closer and closer to the foot of the castle. And she's really close to it now. And on a sign in broad daylight is a real life owl. And so her husband really likes owls. And he's taking a picture of the owl while she's quietly processing like, oh, wow. Okay, so uh, the crow and the owl are here. Um, that's interesting. And so as Charles, uh, her husband is taking this photo of the owl, she glances over to the left and right at the, the base of the castle is a gentleman with a Harris hawk on his arm because sometimes people have these types of hawks as pets. He decided on that day to bring his pet Harris hawk 
to Osaka Castle Park. And she is just like, holy shit. Like all three of them are here. And so she goes up to like, like the Hawkins celebrity and she's like, can I touch him? <laughs> and, and by the way, they're really, really soft. The feathers are so soft and he's smaller than she was expecting, um, which is really cute. So she pets the hawk, takes a picture with the hawk, uh, and then uh, like is walking out of a different entryway into the park. And of course, like she's staring at the sidewalk while she's trying to process all of this, but then eventually looks up and sees the futuristic cityscape of where that that future life event happens, right? And so she realizes that of all the sessions that she had had, that was the one that she felt the most doubt about because we were telling her these important things that she has coming and will be responsible for. And she's like, little me, like, I don't have my act together. Like how I don't, it just doesn't make any sense. And we were like, make it make sense like start to believe in this and they just yeah like all the all the spirit friends came in everybody threw out all the stops to make sure that we just jarred her into what we think is reality we know what she is and we had to like shock her to a point where she couldn't deny that it's real that's our story about japan there's a lot of synchronicities it's evidence. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> There's nothing. I don't know what else to say. Like, yeah. Um, so with the cityscape, was it like a vision of a cityscape or was it like the actual city? We don't understand the difference. Uh, looking at a city, it's the actual city. So we don't really know what you mean. Was it so? Was it the city as it currently is now, or was it that was she seeing like a, a vision of the future cityscape, like kind of overlaid on top of our time now? We understand it's not that far into the future, so it's it's the same. Oh, so so she saw the same city. Yeah. Yeah. So you know how if you look back um, into pictures from, let's say, 100 years ago, that, yeah, some of the skyline is going to change. But uh, a lot of it is very similar, especially with the larger cities that have already done a great amount of development. So if you're in an area that's already done a lot of development, there's not much more that can be done. Like all the trees have already been cut down. All of the smaller buildings have already been demolished and replaced with skyscrapers. And so what's there is already highly developed. Yeah, that's crazy. See, that yeah. Yeah, see I I misunderstood what you what you were talking about when so she saw the actual city from her from her uh, vision basically mm-hmm. from her session. Yeah, and so for her it registered as futuristic because mm, imagine that you've never seen Seattle before and then you see this outline of like the space needle and whatever else and like you would because you haven't been exposed to it yet, you might describe that as futuristic. Um, just because it has like a distinct shape that you're not quite used to. And so coupling uh, it being a distinct cityscape and it looking futuristic, knowing that she was in the future added to that layer of the feeling different, even though it is the way it currently looks. Well, Japan looks 
their big cities look pretty futuristic anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. So if you're from if you're from not Japan <laughs> and you haven't been there, you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, this is from Blade Runner. This must be the future. <laughs> 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 Japan. <laughs> well, Courtney and team, thanks so much for telling that story. I I always love a good story that has evidence attached to it because it it just makes me feel all warm and cozy Mm -hmm. and then i know that you are we're coming up short on time here so once again where can people find you if they wanted to reach out to you or or get your book or or whatever what what do you got going on courtneystarkey.com has all the resources all right i'll again Part three in the description, (laughs) CourtneyStarkey.com. And now, once again, as I customarily do, do you have a final word that you'd like to leave for me or my audience? Well, we're not sure if we coined this phrase out loud on the recording last time. So we want to make sure that we say it this time. And when Ian was asking some questions, and we say this with love, of course, uh, we only hang out with those that we love. Um, The types of questions that he was asking, and again, we're not sure if it was after the recording was done, but it was what we now call doubt games. So he wants more evidence and then the team gives evidence and then he wants more evidence and then the team gives evidence and then he wants more evidence. (laughs) And and so we just want to say to everybody, Ian, Courtney, everybody, enough with the doubt games. You're slowing yourself down. How much do we need to prove to you that this is real? That's what we leave you with a phrase rather than a word. Doubt games. Let it go. Stop playing it. Well, thanks once again for putting me on blast to my audience. And thanks again for coming on to my show and giving me my own little counseling session. It was fabulous. And, you know, maybe maybe we could have you on again. Probably not so close next time, but <laughs> but we could definitely have you on again. We look forward to that. And we always love the progress that you make. So it's very nice for us to get to witness that. So, yes, anytime. That's it for today's episode. I'd like to thank Courtney once again for coming on to my show. Links to her website are in the description. CourtneyStarkey.com. Head over there. She's got a book. She's got the hypnosis class. She's got all sorts of resources for you. And once again, don't forget to subscribe in your podcast player. I'd really appreciate it. Don't forget to share the podcast around with everybody in the entire world. So... (laughs) That people can find a resource if they need it. And if you could go in your podcast player and leave me a great review, leave me a great rating, that could help me get the podcast out there a little bit more. Especially if you do it in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. So if you you listen to the podcast on any of those platforms, if you wouldn't mind, I'd really appreciate it. But either way, thanks so much for tuning in regardless. If you want to come on the podcast and talk with me about your past life experience or your experience on any metaphysical topic, shoot me an email. My email is theregressionsession at gmail.com, and I would love to have you on the show.
Show me where to go